Good evening, and thank you for tuning into our midweek study. My name is Ian. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so glad to be spending this time with you. Uh, tonight, we're going to kick off a new series, and it's going to be the series on the Advent. If you're new to following Jesus or aren't familiar with what this term means, it means the coming. So we're getting ready to celebrate the coming of Jesus' birth, and that's what Christmas is all about. It's not about presents. It's not about Christmas decorations. It's all about the coming of Jesus. And so every Wednesday night through December, we're going to be studying from the Gospel of Luke, the coming of Jesus in the Advent series. And so we're going to kick this off tonight with uh, the announcement of Jesus' birth to Mary. So we're going to talk about Jesus' birth and how it's announced to his mother. And so we're going to talk about this uh, this evening. And to kind of kick us off as we look at Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through uh, 38, we need to know who is Mary. Who is Mary? Because uh, that's a vital, important character in the life of Jesus. Uh, Mary is the most famous mother of all of history because she's the mother of Jesus. Uh, there are sculptures built around her. There's paintings made about her. There's songs that are sung about her. She is this famous woman in human history. Uh, there are more little girls named after Mary than any other woman across the face of this earth. She is the only woman to ever see the birth of Jesus all the way to the crucifixion of Jesus, where she saw Jesus come in as her baby, as her son, and she saw Jesus leave this earth as her savior. So this is a vital and important woman. So here's some things to know about her. One, in verses 26 through uh, 33, we see that she's a young Jewish peasant girl. So she's not a woman who is of this high status. She didn't come from a lot of money. She came from this small little town of this peasant girl. And it tells us that uh, she was poor. Uh, we know that when we look at the offerings that her and Joseph brought uh, to the priests for their offerings, uh, they were of the poorer class that of the offerings that they brought there. Second thing is, is we see that she's betrothed to a carpenter and his name is Joseph. Now betrothal, we don't have that in our society today. We have dating, engagement, and then marriage. And betrothal would fit somewhere between uh, engagement and marriage, where betrothal was a legal contract that you would sign. And so you would you would have to break that if you were to break off the betrothal. So it's a little bit more serious than uh, engagement, but it's not to the permanence of what marriage would be. And so we, we see this betrothal to Joseph here. And then this angel comes on the scene and makes this announcement about Jesus' birth. And we pick up the story in verse 30 when it says, And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have been found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in her womb and bear a son, and you should call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign on the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. So this angel comes on the scene talking to this teenage girl and makes these, this announcement to her. And he basically tells her five things about what her son would be. The first thing he tells her is that his, her son would be great. I don't know about a mom out there that doesn't want to know that their son or their daughter is great. And they expect that they would be great and they'd be enthusiastic. So uh, this is this announcement here is that he would be great. The second thing is, uh, 
the angel tells him is that he will be the son of the most high. And to a Jewish mind, now we remember, we got to go back into what Mary would have been thinking at this time. To a Jewish mind, son of the most high means that they were, he was to be equal with the heavenly father. He would be equal with God. Uh, they use this term, uh, son of, which means that it would be a carbon copy of their father. So uh, who the heavenly father is, Jesus would be the carbon copy of that. Now I have a almost four-year-old named Griffin. And when you see him, you go, oh, he's a carbon copy of Ian. He looks like Ian. He acts like Ian. He has facial expressions like Ian. He's a carbon copy of who Ian is. He has the same qualities of who Ian is. That's the same truth here, is that Jesus was going to be a carbon copy of his heavenly father. He had the character of his heavenly father. He had the qualities of his heavenly father. And so this is who uh, was going to be birthed in Mary, is this carbon copy of the heavenly father. The third thing that he says here is that he will be given the throne of David. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 16, it talks about how David's throne would be forever and that David's throne would forever be the rule of Israel and that a descendant of David would be on this throne. And for Mary, she knew who David was. David was the greatest king Israel ever had. They called it the golden years. They had more territory than ever before. The nation of Israel was at peace during David's reign for most of his time. And so there was this this desire to come back to a David-type kingdom. And now Mary is being told that the son that she is going to birth is going to be a king greater than King David ever was. Better than the golden kingdom, golden age. Better than this man who ruled would be birthed from her and through her. And so she's anticipating this and she's desiring this. The fourth thing he says here is is that uh, he would reign over Israel. He would be the ruler. He would have dominion over uh, the nation of Israel. And the fifth thing is, is that his kingdom would live forever, that his kingdom would last forever. And so Mary Knowing the Old Testament, knowing these prophecies spoken about in Isaiah and the, in, um, also in 2 Samuel, knew that the Messiah was coming. So she wouldn't be shocked by that. She wouldn't be in awe. She wouldn't be uh, caught off guard by any of that. She would be anticipating these things. And so when the angel appears to her, she was ready for them. And that's what uh, a truth that you and I can pull from here is that Uh, We need to be people that know God's word and be ready for when God's word is spoken uh, to us to live those things out, just as Mary did. You know, uh, there are, we call them in our culture today, like trigger words, right? And in the political realm, you're listening for certain terminology and certain words to come out. And when you hear those words, you automatically identify with a certain political party off of that. Well, Mary knew what these phrases were. She knew what these words were. So when you hear son of the most high or being on the throne of David, she knew that meant the coming of the Messiah. And so she was ready for it and she anticipated it. How are you and I anticipating and getting ready for what Jesus has next for you and I? If you aren't currently right now, then let's start by this Christmas season. Join with us as a church as we read through the gospel of Luke and we learn about the life of Jesus. We're able to grow in our relationship with him by spending a chapter a day going through the gospel of Luke. 
and we can get through the end of the book of Luke by Christmas. And it's a great way to kind of start that. Maybe for you, it's you want to grow a little bit understanding of what the Advent season looks like. And so uh, for you, that means getting on a Bible app and downloading uh, a reading plan that involves the Advent series uh, so that you can grow in your understanding of what the first coming was all about and to maintain your focus in on him during this Christmas season. But then Mary asks a question. Mary asks this question in verse 34, which says this, And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who has been called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. So here we are, and Mary goes, she has this question, and she's not wrestling with the fact that the Messiah is coming. She was ready for that. She anticipated that. There was a stirring in the society towards uh, hearing from God. But her question is, is, how can this physically be possible? Because I have not known a man. I haven't slept with a man. I'm, I'm innocent and pure in my sexuality. So how could I know that this is the Holy Spirit coming upon her and impregnating her, it it happened in this immaculate conception called the virgin birth to where God takes his holy thing and comes in to this innocent, uh, pure girl and allows her to birth his son. And why is this so important in our study? Why is this so important for us to know in the virgin birth? You see, we got to go all the way back into Genesis. And back in the beginning of Genesis chapter 3, Adam sins against God. Adam eats the fruit that God tells him not to eat. And so everybody born from the life of Adam, in the lineage of Adam, is now born into sin, has birthed in sin. And so all of humanity has been affected by sin in every uh, child born as a human has been affected by sin. And so if man brought sin into this world, it had to be a man pay for the penalty for sin. But we couldn't do that because every single one of us has been born into sin. And so God had to become a man, had to become a baby boy, and be still perfect and holy to be able to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin in the gospel message. And so that's what's so important about the virgin birth is that God had to become a man and live a perfect life and remain sinless so that he could become the perfect sacrifice for the penalty of your sin and my sin here. And so this is why the immaculate conception and the virgin birth is so important in this story. And as you look at the life of Jesus and you study it, he says that his purpose for coming was to seek and to save the lost. And we must never lose sight of that in this Christmas season. Because although we're in a pandemic and although we have limited size gatherings of in-person, the call to seek and to save the lost is not predicated upon, well, we can only fit so many people or we can only, we're in a pandemic, so we have that excuse. No, we're all called to still seek and to save the lost and carry out that purpose that Jesus has been given to us. The other thing it says about his purpose is that he came to save sinners. And if there's one thing that this pandemic has exposed is the reality of our sin in our family's life. I mean, just take Thanksgiving. Chances are there were some tense moments 
as you went through the Thanksgiving or you prepared for Thanksgiving. Because depending upon what your interpretation of the mandates were, depending upon uh, your political affiliation, and that's tearing families apart, depending upon uh, your feelings about the virus and how that could be different than other people in your family, that creates tension in your family and you see sin exposing those tensions and coming out in ungodly ways. And it shows us this need for why Jesus had to come. It shows us this need in this Christmas season of why Jesus was born as a baby. To come and to seek and to save the lost. To come and to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin. And so if that's you, then you can confess those sins. You can repent of those sins. You can try and reconcile with your family and be reminded that this is the reason why we have the Christmas season. Is Jesus came to pay that penalty for us. But notice how he wraps up this story in verse 38. This is Mary's response. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So what does Mary say? Oh my gosh, I'm going to have the Messiah. She says, I'm a servant of the Lord. I'm willing to lay down my life and do what he's called me to do. In verse 29, it says that she's a discerning woman. So when the angel comes to her and begins to proclaim all these things, she begins to discern what is her role in this process. And this is vital because, and this explains why God's uh, picked Mary to be Jesus's mother. It's because she was discerning. And you may go, well, what is discerning? It's you got to know God's word first. You got to read it. You got to know it. Then you take the life around you, take the world around you and the things that are happening. And then you filter them through God's word. And then you begin to apply them and live them out in your life. And through the byproduct of doing all three of those things is discernment begins to be birthed in you and begins to mature and cultivate in and through you. And so you're able to filter through these things. And in a day and age where we're in a uh, vacuum of information and we can get people to believe, we, we align ourselves with what people are saying on social media, media, all these different areas, and we begin to live our lives in light of that, we need to actually come back and learn from Mary and become discerning men and women. To go, this is what this person is saying. How does it line up with scripture or does it line up? And then alter our life or alter what we're hearing based upon the filter of what scripture has to say. And when you do that and you begin to do it, then you begin to be able to say, as Mary said, I believe you. Yes, I'm willing to follow you. Because when we hear God's word, when we see God's word unfold in our life, we're able to say, yes, I believe you. And yes, I'm willing to follow you. And you become a servant of the Lord. Um, this, and this is, this is huge for her because if you think about Mary, a teenage girl who's betrothed to be married with Joseph, who's now going to have a body that starts to change, who's going to start showing signs that she's pregnant, she's going to have less energy involved in her, and yet she was willing to despise the shame that was going to be taking place and to begin to unfold the plan and purpose for God in her life, in and through her, as she bursts in the Messiah to kick off the Christmas season. The question is, is Mary was willing to be a servant of the Lord uh, in that season of her life as a teenage girl. The question is, is are you ready to be a servant in this Christmas season?
And what does that servant look like? Maybe for you, it means it's time to start reading your Bible on a regular basis and to grow in your relationship with Jesus during this Christmas season. Maybe for you, it means it's time to invest your time and your money into uh, the movement that God desires for you. Maybe that means it's, it's to start aligning your affections by investing in God's kingdom financially or investing God's kingdom through ecclesia with your time by getting involved in finding an area to serve in at the church. And as you do that, you begin to discern and understand what's God's will and purpose for your life. And then you can respond as Mary did that says, I believe, yes, let's go, I'll follow you. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for tonight. Thank you that we get to kick off the Advent season. Pray you would just uh, give us discernment on how to navigate uh, this time and this era that you're living in. Pray that you would give us a, a boldness and a passion to proclaim your word to the lost and to those who need a relationship with you. Family members, neighbors, uh, people that live in our city, burden our hearts for them. And I pray that we would uh, have the understanding and the example that Mary has set for us and that we would follow in it. That we would say, yes, I believe, and yes, I'm willing to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, have a great week. We look forward to uh, spending time with you on Sunday at venue 252 or uh, on our live stream at 10 a.m. Have a great week.